0: This is on tap with bill clark what is on tap i've had some of the best conversations over a pint of ale a glass of pilsner or a bottle of brew conversations over a beer will include sports family work hobbies and the weather but we won't stop there we'll dive into what inspires us and what drives us as humans i'll invite some of my friends coworkers, mentors and community leaders to share some of their wisdom advice and of course, some of their favorite beverages. We pray our conversation blesses you and helps you find joy in this journey of life. Cheers. Welcome to On Tap with your host, Bill Clark. So welcome back to Tap. This is Bill Clark. I uh, took a little vacation for a few weeks. I was at the seminary studying, but i uh, completed that study. And this week, I'm back with my good friend, Mike Gathercole, who now lives in Davenport, Iowa. So Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself, if uh, there's some people out there that might not know who Mike Gathercole is.
1: Hi can tell a little bit about myself yes (laughs) i uh know bill clark and he's a great friend and i'm excited to call him friend uh i'm in the davenport area i'm a john deere employee former marine of 11 years which probably is where i get a lot of my ethos from which may come out in this conversation but i uh been in Davenport for two years, lived in Urbandale, where I met Bill prior to that. I spent a lot of time in the church at Gloria Day with Bill and other good friends of ours. And uh, I have three daughters, and it's been very uplifting and energizing to raise three lovely daughters like Bill. And he's married off uh, his own daughter. The first one i've married i've been through one marriage and um we're blessed with have bill marry off our next daughter this coming october so that will also be exciting get to spend time uh, with bill hopefully creating a life a long life for our middle daughter in october
0: yeah that'll be looking forward to it
1: yeah I was, I, I was actually remembering that you talked about, I don't know if you're going to ask the question, but how was it that we met? I feel like you talked about Yeah, I, I was other think, people like that. How is it we met? Did you start coming to like men's studies and then? No, I, th- I think we didn't really know you and Leslie until we actually went through, um, what was the series that you did? Love, oh, and, love and Respect. Love and Respect. And that's yeah. where I think we really started connecting with you guys and. Going through that. And then we did 33 series, but it started with love and respect. And we didn't really know you guys at church, barely at all. You know, a mega church and difficult to connect sometimes. And then I think we connected and uh Leslie liked me so much she kept asking us to come around.
0: Well, you think a Marine would like a title with respect
1: in it. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's what Nicole knows that I demand that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah it's a great book. Uh,
0: anybody that's, uh, married or thinking about getting married or whatever, I know books don't, um, solve all the problems, but it spoke loud and clear to my wife and I, and uh, it was a great help to our marriage. So.
1: And, uh, and to us and, uh, we couldn't have, we, who knows what life would have done without, um, love and respect and communication. And you guys did a great job leading it. So I think that a lot of people would take credit or give you guys credit to uh, what you led them through in that book. So nice job, Bill Clark. Thanks. My wife
0: was the one that actually we got in a little bit of a spat and I think I said something to the effect of um, why should I answer your question? You don't respect my answers. And so (laughs) she went to the bookstore to find a book to solve all of our problems. And that's the one that she came home with. So there you go. it's, It's kept us, you know, not that, but you know, practicing some of the stuff in that book. Yeah, next year will be 25 years. So,
1: it's uh, very interesting. I use the, I even at work I use love and respect and talk about it because it just comes up when you talk about communicating and uh, building relationships. It's very, it it comes out lots of times. Yeah,
0: yeah. You could, you you don't have to love me, but if you could disrespect me, uh, I'm that'll set me off pretty quick. Yeah. So. so as part of on tap, we always uh have a little something to drink. And so what are you drinking today, Mike? I'm uh
1: you are I'm actually drinking a beer, which you'll be happy and anybody else that gives me uh a hard time about not drinking beers because I am celiac and gluten free. I've got an omission IPA. And I believe it says even bold and hoppy, that omission is crafted to remove gluten. So I'm still able to drink these fine beverages. And uh, I don't, uh, unlike some of our good friends that really like themselves a good IPA, typically not a big IPA guy, but I do like this IPA. Yeah. like you, year, what are you drink? Last
0: year or two, I really uh, have, a, have found IPAs to be very good. Well, I am drinking a um, Peace Tree Templeton Red. So I went bike riding a few weeks ago and uh, stopped in the Peace Tree on one of our stops. And uh, they had this on tap, and they also had four packs. So this is a uh, red, amber red, but it's aged in Templeton rye casks so it's got a very delicious finish that tastes like rye
1: so interesting how did you get those back on your bike i don't remember you having a backpack
0: my wife has a carrier on her bike (laughs) 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 brought them out brought them out threw them in the back of her bike and said carry these home for me very nice so one of the things that we've, uh, as our friendship's grown over the year is, uh, I think it goes both ways that we can ask each other about anything. And, um, Sunday in church pastor had actually played a clip where a guy called him up and left him a message and he wanted to know if he, if he saw any blind spots in him while he visited and if he would share those with him. And so, you know, I think that's a huge thing because everybody's got blind spots and, um, I don't want to go into the exact details, but you told me about one of my glittering ones not too long ago. So <laughs> how, how, it's do we, interesting. How, how do we get there?
1: To identify in your blind spots? Yeah, just
0: no. The first you have to build the trust because, you know, just not any, I'm just not going to talk to anybody about that kind of stuff. I mean,
1: what do you think? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say two things, and hopefully I remember two counts. I think I remember listening to your podcast, and Colville's like, I got five things, and you guys went through two. And I'm and I'm like, oh, okay, you didn't get through three, four, and five. But he probably <laughs> did cover them if I re- redo them. So I'm sorry, Steve, for calling you out on that, but I do remember that. Now I probably already forgot my two things. First thing is building a relationship. It took us, obviously, we build a strong bond traveling across the uh, beautiful state of iowa into the very long and boring state of nebraska and western colorado to get to the wonderful mountains of colorado and spending last unfortunately and uh i'm happy to say that i'm glad that you actually had greek class so that you couldn't go this is our first year without me you and tim going to peak challenge together but our trip on that our first trip and it's been me you T- and tim schroeder who've been the only ones that have been out 7 years in a row prior to this year plus covid throws a little bit of a tweak into everything and uh building that relationship with you was the first key and i'm going to say uh i've i've enjoyed that every year and enjoy getting back to with you but without that relationship it wouldn't be that easy because i couldn't there are other people that went on that first trip or went on the second, third, fourth, fifth trip with us, which I wouldn't be able to communicate with and have the same relationship and conversations that I can have with you because we do have a strong bond and relationship. Secondly, the second point is that you got to be willing to call each other out. You got to be open and honest with each other. And unfortunately men one of my favorite 33 series videos is, and I don't know what the, maybe it was blind spots. I don't know what it was, but 33 videos that basically said, Hey, it, it was two men meeting for coffee in the morning. They could sit down mm. and breakfast, talk about sports and everything's great. And we're all excited. We're two men sitting there and having breakfast. And the guy says, Hey, how you doing? And the other guy, they replay through in, in his mind. He's fighting with his wife. He's about to get divorced. He's going to lose his job. And all these things are going on in his life. And what's his response? Oh, I'm good. So what do you think about those cubs? <laughs> and that's all they talk about. And uh, without, without forcing each other into those conversations, because men are too damn proud about doing things and and not having those conversations and uh so build a relationship so that you can call each other out and you can have conversations that are meaningful to each other because we need each other on a different level than we need our spouses and our children and our and our other acquaintances
0: yeah i mean i know your wife's supposed to be your best friend and you know my wife's Pretty close to that. Um, I I I I've always I used to shy away from that because it, it kind of me. Oh, we're I married my soulmate, we're best friends. I'm like, really? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm not all that way, but you know, I mean, um, there's things that I talk to some of my best friends about. I mean, yeah, I don't hide them from my wife, but you know, maybe before I talk to her, I need to talk to one of my good friends because you know, you need guys. Somebody around you that you can bounce stuff off and you can talk about stuff. And you know, I can't recall some of the conversations, but I just know, like hiking through the mountains in Colorado or in the tent, you know, or around the campfire, we've had some some pretty some pretty uh great conversations. And um, you know, it kind of frustrates me, but uh, at least the guys are taking a step when they go to Colorado. And you know, you get around the campfire, you start asking some tough questions. You can just see them like, I'm done. You know, well, oh, look at that. I'm tired. It's late. <laughs> you know,
1: it's, it's why does God create us to not want to be vulnerable to one another? Because that's what the problem is, is just open up and be vulnerable. And that's why you are your best friend with your wife, because you are vulnerable. She knows everything about you and you can't hide it. And when you have a conversation with her, it's like, okay, I can tell you all my thoughts and feelings, and she can straighten you out and set you on track. But with other men, men to men, you're not really that vulnerable because you don't want to be seen as weak and all the things that the world says that a man needs to be. And in reality, when you know God and you know the importance of Jesus Christ. And His grace towards you. You don't need to worry about whether or not you're a man according to today's world. You just need to know that you need to support one another as men, and that's probably the most important thing: is knowing that you can open up to people. Yeah, well, even
0: even Jesus the man had had guys around him that he talked to. I think it was yeah. like Peter, James, John were in his inner circle. Yeah. It's it's in a book. It's in a pretty good book. It talks
1: about <laughs> it. So, for sure. I uh yeah, I'm working with a good friend of mine that's a <clears throat> marine friend of mine that I've known forever and it's just trying to pull him out and get him to understand that it's okay to not be perfect all the time, to not be that person or that man that society says you are and hey open up i'm here i just called him tonight just checking in want to make sure Mm -hmm. and then he'll text me later and just a quick comment about how much he appreciates that and without a relationship and without somebody pushing that relationship it can it can just wither away and then you're stuck in a in a rut as a man and you don't, you don't know how to get out of it.
0: Yeah. A lot of times, you know, I keep a prayer list on my notes on my phone. And, um, usually more times than not, I'll, I mean, I'll start going through it. And I'm like, Hey, I need to call that guy. I need to text that guy. I, I need to check in with my, you know, with that person. So, you know, Hey, I'm praying for him and it might just be a one-liner. Like I'm going through my prayers and, but it's like, Hey, it's a reminder. It's like, I need to talk to this guy. And, you know, last few weeks going down to St. Louis and back every week, you got five, 10 hours of window time, you know, spending on the phone, you know, calling and, people and talking to them.
1: And I think he called me probably every one of those trips too. So I appreciate that. And that's important. But I mean, even relationships like Eric Zersovic, how do you, how do you pronounce his, his last name? Eric Zersovic. Eric. G-J-E-R. Oh, Gersovic? Gersovic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Eric, if you're listening tonight. But, uh, I mean, even him. We just have a blast. He probably came, he came the first year or second year out to Peak?
0: I think he was there the first year. We got rained out because he threw his tent in the dumpster.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he, okay, so he, Tim, you and I are the originals. But he's come out and he's got two sons that I enjoy spending time with as well. And we go out, and uh, we see each other out there, and we, we've we made a, a, a good enough bond that we can reach out to each other, and you're right. You got to keep that prayer list and those, hey, Eric, I'm going to contact you because we've had those conversations on the mountain, literally walking four miles up one way, talking about – you and your relationships with your new spouse or your new girlfriend or everything, just how God has led you to be together with other men and <clears throat> you can still reach out and we need each other to reach out to each other. Yep. Amen. Amen to that. So I'm going to kind of,
0: ch- I'm going to shift a big gear here. And you know, since you're a a former Marine, well, even though you don't wear your uniform, you're still a Marine. Once a marine, always a marine. Is that the? Is that what they say?
1: Former marine, that's what they say. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, just the whole. I mean, this kind of goes with respect, but you just see, like, you know, it, you know, I remember back in September 11th to how united the country was and how people respected the, like military and the police and all this other stuff. And now it's you know it's changing. It doesn't seem like we value those men and women that put on a uniform. And, um, as you watch some of that stuff, I mean, what what are your, what thoughts go through your mind?
1: Well, you're hitting a pretty big hot button for me since (laughs) I was in the Marine Corps. And as while I was in the Marine Corps, I was also a police officer in the military police field. And I can definitely understand, uh, a couple different sides of that story. Uh, but I've also been involved in some diversity and inclusion training at work that also get the conversations opened so that you can talk about stuff that our good friends, Phil Robarge and Steve Coble have been talking about on podcasts and having conversations about what, what is going on in this world and do we have an issue with, uh, I mean, born very, point blank the black community with police officers i have a black boss who we actually have open conversations about this and i sunday night there was a man killed jacob blake i believe is a correct name in another scenario i'm sitting there watching that as a from a i'll go back to the military perspective and diversity and race in the military but as a police officer i understand that i was i was completely trained and i received training that said it's not okay when you're not at a threat we saw a eight second clip yeah and and we don't know we don't know and even the there was a warning, a written warning that says, "Hey, don't judge. You don't know the whole aspect of what goes on here, but I'm sorry, a person climbing into their car, climbing into their car and you're shooting them in the back. That's not okay." And I and I'm and as it us two white men sitting here wondering what that would be like, we have no idea. We we can't even grasp the concept of being in a black community where they were we're constantly judged for being of a lesser value than you and i in our white urbandale communities when we lived in the same community a mile apart mm-hmm. we would never consider anything like that happening and it's it's not okay and i going to reach out to my police officer friends that are still in that realm and say i'm pretty sure that you're still not, police officers are not being trained that that's okay. You have to have a threat in front of you. And a person climbing into their car, not knowing, clearly, the, be- the best scenario for people to try to understand and try to excuse this away would be that guy saying, hey, I have my three kids in the car, but I'm climbing into my car to get my gun so that I can shoot you. If he said that maybe then I would think that you have some threat. But it it's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay for us to not value life more than we do other people. And that's what I'm seeing today. From a military perspective, I can't I I can't grasp it because in the military you're all green. It doesn't matter whether you're light green, dark green, you're all green. You have to understand I was telling my boss, again, a black man, I never, I never, race was never a thing in the military. It was never discussed. I never thought about it or anything. And we just treated each other as Marines. That's it. You're a Marine. You're either a good performing Marine or you're a bad performing Marine. And I won't use the language that we use in the Marine Corps to define the <laughs> bad ones, but if you're bad, you're going to get ridiculed. It doesn't matter what color you are or what you're bad. And if you're good, it doesn't matter what color you are or anything you're good. And that's how we treated people in the Marine Corps. And, and and truly I wish that uh, we could teach the world to be a little bit more like that.
0: Yeah. I just wonder like with social media, you know, there's a lot of good stuff thing, good things to social media, but it just seems like we attack people. We don't respect people. You know, it's a constant fight to be right, um, and I wonder if that—the way people treat each other online—is spilled over to the way we interact with people. You know, it, because I mean, at once it's like—if I wouldn't say it to your face, I'm certainly not going to type it. But now yeah. it seems like I'm going to type it, and I'll say it to your face. I don't care.
1: That is, I'm—I'm I'm surprised that you said that. So I don't. You—you you can bleep this out if you want, but to promote um, another podcast and it's a very popular, it might be top five, top 10 podcasts out there if you look it up, but, uh, conversations with people who hate me. Um, hmm. and I, and I'm going to put out this disclaimer out there, or I need to tell you a little bit of where I am with the diversity and inclusion. I'm also the, uh, basically the liaison to the LGBTQ community to the group uh, that I work with to learn more about diversity and inclusion in the workplace. And this, I wasn't even listening to the, that had nothing to do with work. My, I, this came up when I was long before I got involved in that, but my youngest daughter is in Chicago and she went to a liberal school and has a lot of LGBTQ friends and is trying to understand them better and came across this and it's Dylan. I can't think of his last name, but he is uh, very famous for this podcast travels around, talks about it, but you're right in today's society. It's okay to just tweet back to somebody and disrespect them and not show love for them, not show them. It. And, you got Christians that are out there doing that Mm. just online that are not responding with a Christian heart and, and doing what they think is just fine. And they don't consider this another person on the other line. It's just a name. It's at blank, 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 blank. You don't consider that until the person finds out that, Oh, and, uh, the uh, Peloton husband right do you guys ever if you, did you hear or look into that peloton oh, yeah. husband i that's how viral things can go and all of a sudden this actor who was peloton husband was getting attacked on facebook or, or on all of social media because he played this role and the only reason that he played this there's a there's a peloton husband oh i'm sorry it, it was actually um through uh, the podcast I was talking about, which is conversations with hate uh, with people that hate me. And it's just, it's so powerful to tell you about what you're talking about right now is that people don't care when they're on social media, they'll say, or do they'll say type, send anything that they're thinking at the time. And they don't see the person on the other end at all.
0: Yeah. And then Christians will do that and use the Bible to defend what they say. And I'm like, i i don't remember jesus ever doing that i mean he called people out you know but he did it in love and in truth you know like yeah. you and i do you know right right and it i was it wasn't when, to tear somebody down
1: when i was thinking about this and talking about you on this podcast i was thinking to myself about how uh just conversations And when I think about the LGBTQ community I think there's only one person That gets to judge And it, it ain't me I'm going to show my loving heart Towards everybody And whether my faith, religion Whatever you want to talk about it Agrees with that It's not me to decide I get to show that I'm a Christian And a person that's going to show you, show you love Regardless of of who or what you are
0: yeah, and um, okay, it just rings in my head. I heard it a while back, you know, that everybody has a story, and they, you know, learn other people's stories before you just, you know. I mean, I, I, I've said it before, I think, on this podcast, and I'll say it again. I, I used to walk into a room and, you know, judge, size people up. Are they above me or below me? I, I can't tell you the last time I've done that, but I remember I remember being about 35 40 years old and doing that, you know. So you know, something something got a hold of you and or somebody said something and, and it's just like, you know, that's that's not what you're supposed to be doing. So Yeah. Well thanks for sharing some of that um what's on your heart and uh some some tough questions. Um and so uh we both have three daughters and uh
1: yeah. We uh, Yeah, it's interesting that um, I went to college with some guys that, before I met Nicole, and she saved me, unlike what Jesus saved me, but she saved me from a lot of things. And I would say, um, <clears throat> I think God has a purpose for guys when they give them three daughters, to so make sure that they find the right person for, to love them and cherish them the way that they should be. And, uh, we got it right. I, I, I would argue we got it right with the first one and right with the second one as well. So I'm going to, I'm, I fully expect to go three for three at this point. So it's, uh, and, uh, uh, I know your son-in-law and you got it right there too for the first one.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just remember talking to him, uh, in Colorado, in fact.
1: You know, it's, like, it's a fact.
0: Yeah, when he when he went camping with us last year, and um, you know, if you want to really find out what your future son in law is going to be like, take him out to Colorado and climb a mountain with him. It's, but um, I just told him it's like you know, dad's job is to take care of her, to to protect her daughters, uh, their wives too, but their daughters. And when I walk her down the aisle and hand her off to to you, I expect you to protect her like I would protect her, you know. And if yeah. you don't and if you don't, you might get a phone call from me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> James is good people hes he's going to protect her. Well, to wrap up, we always ask this
0: one question, so what do you think or what gives you joy in the journey of life
1: i th- i I've listened to. Pretty sure everyone in your podcast, and I want to say that everybody, and I, I, I don't want this, it, it's not a canned answer, it's a real answer. Your family brings you joy in life, and uh, I being an empty nester, just spending time with my wife brings me joy at this point. And men, and we heard this in 33 series, you have to love and cherish and treat your wife with love. So that she will show you respect throughout uh, life, and uh, you will find that as a empty nest couple, you will be able to stay in that relationship until death. So that definitely brings me joy. I will say a second secondary thing, and probably a far second is it seems I. I want to say this in a humble way but I it, it when I was thinking about it earlier it didn't seem like it was that with a lot of humility I have been extremely blessed with life I've um I believe I was the first one to graduate college from my entire fi- family both sides and uh and just God has blessed me abundantly and I both Nicole and I do everything we can to give back. And when, when I get joy out of giving back, whether that be financially or going down to Dominican Republic with you, going to Honduras, doing trips or even giving back at work and helping develop people. I think that if people can see my Christian heart and Change themselves because of the stuff that I share with them. Then that also is something that gives me joy in my journey of life.
0: What I think you're doing is you're reflect, reflecting the light of Christ, is what I believe you're doing there.
1: Yeah, I I try to be the light, and uh, it's because of my friendships with people like you, and Mark Kramer, and Tim Schroeder, and Steve Coble relationships that we have with your families that uh, enable us to both do that yeah for sure
0: i just have to remind myself it's not about me definitely yeah one of the great lines in purpose-driven life the first line is it's not about you
1: so (laughs) all the glory to god
0: yeah for sure well thanks for joining me mike it's been good to catch up and uh thanks for asking answering some tough questions uh, with a lot of truth and humility and uh, grace. So thanks for joining us. Have a great day.
1: Godspeed, my friend. Take care. Thank
0: you for listening to On Tap with Bill Clark. A special thank you to our guest, Mike Gathercole. One of my best friends. Mike talked a lot about respect. It's one of the things that's at the core of our relationship and our friendship. It will probably be one of my greatest friendships until the day I die and take my last breath. We pray that some of our conversation this evening gives you joy in this journey of life. Cheers.